Here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here, who are interested to hear what we are talking about here. And today, I'd like to talk about the directionality of complexity. This is fascinating. This is amazing. This is really something that, when understood, helps you recognize beauty, helps you recognize delicacy, it helps you recognize rarity, the unique the subtle, and these are the things that make life worth living. These are the things that bring depth to life. These are the things that we're grateful to having laid laid eyes on. We're grateful for having seen them. And I think the image that really triggered all these thoughts for me was jumping on a sandcastle. Now, here in Australia, we have about 50,000 kilometres of coastline because Australia is an island, quite a big island, geographically speaking. And there's over 10,000 beaches in Australia, more than any other country in the world. Furthermore, more than 85% of Australians live within 50 kilometres of the beach or the coast. And you might say, well, 50 kilometres, that's pretty far away, isn't it? I mean, is everyone there going to be going to the beach every day? Maybe not. But without a doubt, without a doubt, Australian culture is very much tied in with going to the beach And when I was a kid, well, I had siblings and we built sandcastles. And I remember this one time, my sister built the biggest sandcastle. Now, I don't exactly remember the exact, I don't remember what the sandcastle looked like. But I do remember that someone in the family said it was so big you could see it from the car park. And I thought, whoa, it's so big you can see it from the car park. That's how amazing it was. And even more epic than that was, we were talking about whether it would still be there the next day. Now, you don't expect, really, for your sandcastle to last longer than a day or even half a day or even very long at all. (laughs) Especially if someone's going to come and jump on it. But this one, this one was so big that even the next day you could still see remnants of it. And wow, what a sandcastle it must have been. And, well, my sister was, I guess on that occasion, pretty good. Pretty high achiever in the sandcastle business. And I look at this image and I, of course, have seen kids at the beach making their sandcastles, doing their thing. 
And of course, I've seen the you know really elaborate sandcastles, which are beautiful, beautifully constructed with all sorts of details. And there's competitions and festivals, and there's this whole thing with sandcastles. Of course, it's this whole subculture. But I really got thinking now: what is this thing? What is this urge to jump on the ca- the castle? What is the urge to wreck it? Of course, if you're a sibling. And you notice, the first time you notice that your brother or your sister is building a sandcastle, don't deny it. You can't get out of this. Don't say it's not true. The first thing that comes to mind is, I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to wreck it. Now, whether you actually go through with it or not, that's a different question. Whether mum or dad or uncle or whoever is standing by saying, don't do that, or whether the brother or sister sees you and says, I know what you're thinking. Don't jump on this. Don't you dare ruin my sandcastle. Well, (laughs) there's all sorts of ways in which that can play out, right? There's all sorts of things that can happen. And you might get to the end of the day and mum and dad say, okay, time to go home, kids. So you say, ah, let's jump on the sandcastle before someone else does. Wouldn't want to leave that fun to someone else, would we? Now, any way it plays out, any way that it is, any way that it happens in your childhood or your life or in that situation, should you so happen to find yourself in that circumstance, you can't deny that someone, somehow, somewhere, in some way, has the urge to jump on the sandcastle. That is there. And I get to thinking, what is this? What is this? What is complexity? Why is it that an egg can break and turn into, well, an omelette or whatever meal you make of it, but never will you have an omelette suddenly turn into an egg? Why is that? And I believe it's to do with the directionality of complexity. Now, when we talk about this, we really mean it as a kind of fundamental principle to the universe. And we have to be careful with these. We have to be careful with these tenets, as we might call them. Because in one way, you might look at reality and life and say, well, everything's going towards complexity, right? Things are more complex now than they were before. And a sandcastle is more complex than just the sand that it's made out of. So that's the directionality of the universe. That's the directionality of life. That's how life and matter and space and everything goes towards complexity. And yes, that does fit, but where we need to be careful is, well, there are actually other tenants. There are other forces. There are other things at work which actually go in contrast to complexity, in contrast to subtlety. So it's more safe to say, as Ken Wilber would say, that evolution more meanders rather than shoots like an arrow. And if you'd like to know more about tenants 
and principles of the universe, then I suggest you read Ken Wilber's book, A Brief History of Everything. He also talks about it in his Magnus Opum, Sex, Ecology, Spirituality. So the tenets there really give you a good picture of what it means to have fundamental forces in variety, in contrast and sometimes contradiction to one another, and how that gives you a picture of the the mirandering kind of process of evolution that we find ourselves in. And I looked and I thought about this kid jumping on a sandcastle. And I thought, why is that? What is that? What's going on there? A sandcastle really is, it's, it's subtle. It's more nuanced. It requires a kind of noosphere. It requires a vision. It requires thought. It requires dexterity, manual labor. And the thing is that it's always easier to break something than it is to make something. It's always easier to tear something down than it is to make something unique, to make something subtle, to make something detailed, something original. And I thought, well, why is it that there is not another principle in the universe that should stop that, right? Because then we'd have more beautiful things. Then we'd have more subtle things. Someone should invent a principle that would stop these bad things from happening, to stop destruction. And I thought, now that can't be right. It must be that when a child jumps on the sandcastle, something else is being created something else is being brought into existence. And I thought, well, what happens? Well, when someone jumps on your sandcastle, you feel upset. You get angry at them. You kick and scream and say, why did you do that? And that's the creation of the feeling in someone. That's the creation of an emotion, anger, outrage, betrayal. And here's the thing to understand about subtlety. It is that more pronounced things will ruin it. Just think of anger. Think of how pronounced anger is. Think about what you do when you're angry. Clench your fist. Frown your forehead. Tears. Kicking, screaming, ready to fight. Just imagine the little girl having a tantrum because her little brother jumped on her sandcastle. That's anger. How pronounced that is. And now contrast that to an appreciation of the beauty of the sandcastle. Imagine just walking up to it, walking by laying eyes on it and thinking, wow, you made this all by yourself. Wow, it's so clever that you thought things up like this. So clever that you could use your hands to make something out of this sand. 
And it might be that she's not very skilled. It might not even be such an elaborate sandcastle that your little sister has made, or your older sister, or your daughter, or whoever it is that, however it is that she's related to you. And yet still there's beauty in that. There's a, stu- there's a subtle appreciation there. And that fine appreciation, that subtle sense, just doesn't have the same pronunciation as anger. It's not pronounced. It's not as obtuse. Anger is obtuse. It's, it's, I, I really like this word pronounced when you pronounce something. It's exclaimed. It's in your face. You can't ignore it. It's gross. It's obvious. And that's why it's always easier to create something more by destroying something. Because you may destroy the object, but what you're actually creating is a drama. You're creating a more pronounced feeling. And just look at that. Look at those two things. Anger and an appreciation. Appreciation is so subtle. Appreciation is refined. Appreciation is delicate. And now we can say that the picture I'm painting here is that appreciation is weak. Appreciation is broken by anger and things of that such nature? Well, not exactly. Not exactly. Because it's possible to have an unwavering appreciation. It's possible to have an appreciation which still accounts for anger. It's possible to have a kind of appreciation in things. And in life at, at large which is grounded on something quite strong, stronger than anger. And the only way to do that is to cultivate it. The only way to do that is to understand these differences. The only way to do that is to recognize the obtuse and pronounced nature of something like anger. And you see this in many spheres. You don't just see it at the beach between two children building a sandcastle. Think of all the times anger applies. Think of something like outrage. Think of something like arguing. Think of something like yelling at someone, telling someone they're wrong. Think of protests. Think of bullying. Think of aggression. Think of violence. And now think of nuance. Think of poetry. Think of subtle details in words, in discussions in personalities, in psychological compositions. 
Think of subtle inflections of moods. Think of fine gradations of emotion. Now, it's not to say that these things are antagonists towards each other. It's not like we have the gross on one side and the subtle on the other. It's much more that we have this full spectrum. We have this massive thing to understand. And we can take pieces and use multiple concepts to really get at understanding it. And in fact, it is at times good to create these things as antagonists. And you can say, well, this is the dichotomy of beauty and ugly. The beautiful and the ugly. Complexity and chaos. These sorts of dichotomies. But really, you need to understand more. You really need to understand how they all fit within each other. And there's no answers as to what to do when someone jumps on your sandcastle. And it can be quite frustrating. It can be that why bother making a sandcastle? It can be that the experiences that you've had actually stop you from creating. And in so many ways, the people that have created something beautiful also have to have something that protects it. There's some kind of protection against it, for it. The people that understand beauty understand violence and anger and destruction. And they take their time to make sure those things don't come along and ruin it. So if you're a creator and you're first hearing about this now, well, you can take measures and you can understand that you shouldn't let things deter your creative endeavors. You shouldn't let things stop you from actually going out there. And that's a hard one for me to swallow myself. <laughs> that's a real hard one. Yes, I've definitely felt a lot of destruction against my creative works in my time. And I know very well that feeling of why bother? Why bother with such detail, with such dexterity? And the hard truth is, the real heavy hit that I want to give to you is that there are people who can appreciate nuance. There are people that can recognize beauty. It might be that they haven't seen your work yet. It might be that it's just not expressing itself, it's just not reacting of itself in the way that you understand it to or that you want it to. It might simply be that your time hasn't come. It's not the right time for it. But my message, if, my message is positive. My message is, 
that though the intuition to jump on the sandcastle is deep, there are people who can look at it with appreciation. And perhaps a third component of creating, if beauty is the first, protection is the second, then the third would be actually spending time to bring those violent people around. It's actually explaining to the little brother, hey, don't jump on this. Don't you think it's a great thing? Now, some people are a lost cause. I know that's harsh to say, but it seems right to say it within this context. Some people you don't want to be trying to have them come around. You don't want to be explaining the beauty to them. They're not going to get it. Some people are going to jump on that sandcastle no matter what. No matter what you say. Because they simply just love creating this big feeling in someone else. They love the drama. You know someone who likes drama? You know someone who's really got this heavy drama around them? They're in the middle of this big drama, this big tension. Kind of makes them look like a hero, right? Makes them look like some kind of big shot. Could be like, well, am I a hero or a villain? Either way, there's a lot of drama surrounding you. But these sort of people you don't need to explain beauty to. These people you don't need to waste your time with. For those that can, for those that are open-minded, for those that can be spoken with, for those that can have new things come to them, new ideas, new appreciations, via an explanation, well... Work out how exactly that works. Work out how exactly that is effective for you. That's why we have artists' statements. This is why there's a little plaque next to the painting in the art gallery. Of course, it's not as dramatic as, (laughs) oh, oh, I was going to burn down this painting, but I read the little plaque and I thought, okay, Now I understand it, I'm not going to burn it down, right? It's not like that at all. It's much more subtle, it's much more nuanced. (laughs) And maybe there's a whole range of what it means to have someone connect with a certain thing, with a certain creation. And really these are just thoughts of mine. I'm just riffing. (laughs) I hope you don't mind. These are just some things that came to my mind when I saw a sandcastle. And I thought about that intuition of what it means to jump on a sandcastle. Life, complexity, beauty, outrage. 
These are just some thoughts bouncing around today. I hope you're having a nice day. I hope you're doing something. Are you doing something creative? If you are, consider these things. Beauty. Is it something beautiful that you're creating? Is it something you are protecting? Have you done something to protect it? And have you done something to bring people around to an appreciation of it? That's the classic image, right? Of the artist that is misunderstood. No one understands my art. No one gets me. Well, have you tried to explain it to someone? You could ask. That's part of it. That's part of the process. And that's why you always have the movie and then the actors go out and talk about the movie and the director and everyone else who's involved. The movie comes out and they explain. Now, what what was it like to be in this role? What were you trying to say with this part of the script? How did you film this part? All these sorts of things. And you see them talking about it and you think, oh, now I get it. That's quite interesting. I didn't know that. Even just from watching the movie, I didn't get that. There's some depth there. That's appreciation. That's appreciation. And that's a subtle thing. That's a thing to be cherished. That's a thing to recognize as important. So thanks very much for tuning in. And that's all I have to say for now.